Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A listener production. Hey, I'm pro surfer and mental health advocate, Kubi Chapman, and this is Good Humans. On this episode of Good Humans, I'm on the New South Wales North Coast in Byron Bay with local pro surfer, Kais King. Kais isn't a name you'd hear very often. He's got a pretty funny story of how he got his name, which he shares later in this chat. Kais is one of the younger surfers on the QS tour, but his wisdom and outlook on life is like someone who is much older. He's figured out some simple ways to keep perspective on the greater things in life when the pressure of achievement, wins and losses can cause many of us to burn out. Kais is all about keeping life exciting. Welcome, Kais King. <laughs> yeah, cheers, Cooper. Thanks heaps, mate. So, growing up in Byron Bay, I've been here for about a couple of months now. I'm loving it. How was it growing up, the culture and just the waves and family life? Yeah, I think uh, Byron definitely, especially over the last 10 years, has just kind of boomed dramatically. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen a lot of change, but it's it's good. I mean, I love it here. It's always nice to come back home and ground yourself. And yeah, I'm surrounded by family and good friends. So it's a pretty, pretty good place to be. Going through sort of your, I guess, early development of your surf career, how important was it, do you think, living in a place like this with such good waves and such good, I guess, lifestyle? Yeah, no, I'm definitely pretty blessed on the place I live. Um, I think we have a pretty good variety, you know, especially Australia too. Like you can get a flight down to Vico and surf amazing point breaks or you can go to West Oz and it's pretty much like Hawaii. But, I mean, Byron Bay is pretty special. I'm 40 minutes from the Goldie and surf and snapper and that and then i got my own little secret spots and beaches around here, but they're not really that secret anymore. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a pretty, pretty amazing part of the world and I'm glad to call it home. Yeah, it's awesome. So I guess growing up here, the surf community in Australia, especially I guess along the East Coast, we've both grown up in it. It's pretty competitive. From a young age, you were kind of, I guess, I'm six years older than you. Growing up, I was in the kind of top of my age group. But then when I was about 16, there was this new Kais kid coming in. (laughs) What was it like being, I guess, did you feel like there was some sort of pressure or did you feel like there was some expectation from a young age being such a focused on junior yeah I mean I I guess I was definitely thrown in the spotlight at a pretty young age but to me I don't know I was just surrounded by good people so I kind of didn't look at it like that I was just kind of having fun and going along for the ride and I mean you're always gonna you know you're gonna come up against challenges and that but as a young grom I don't think for me that was just all out of fun you know I was still just I mean I still feel like a grom now but I was just frothing out at that age especially being like 12 13 14 and then looking up to guys like you and that it was like I just kind of that kind of strived me to just go higher and get better and yeah I guess just having fun yeah for sure I mean at that young age I, it's pretty hard to grasp the concept of being destined for greatness if you'd call it but 
yeah, when you were young, there was obviously a lot of hype around sponsorship and whatnot and you sponsored by Vulcan for years. How cool was it having that backing from a young age to sort of support the dreams that you wanted to achieve? Oh, yeah, it was amazing. And I think, yeah, just having that support and, yeah, it was just allowed me to achieve my goals a lot easier, you know. It's just, I mean, travelling around the world at such a young age too, like I was probably 13 when I went or no, probably younger, 11 when I went on my first real trip, you know, with the whole family and going to California and Hawaii and then, you know, as I got probably 13, I think I went on my own trip by myself, like already at such a young age, which seems now like crazy. But, um, yeah, I was just, you know, blessed with those guys looking after me and now Vans, they're so supportive of me and just making me, you know, be the person I am and help me to grow and show the world. Getting thrown in that deep end, you said by yourself when you were 13, you probably went on your first trip without family. How hard was that? Yeah, that was definitely a big learning curve for me. I mean, I kind of felt like though I sort of grew up pretty quick because I'd been around the world and seen so much and, you know, I'd done stuff over in Nicaragua for, you know, communities that didn't have running water. So we delivered them filter systems so they have clean water and, you know, we would go and I'd take a bags of extra clothes to give to the kids and stuff so I kind of was open to a lot of the world at such a young age already so it kind of made traveling by myself a fair bit easier in a way I definitely miss my family as a young grommet but it was not like anything crazy I was pretty used to the whole flying and traveling and you know I was I guess I was a little man in a 13 year old body it was like <laughs> it was pretty funny yeah it's pretty cool how lucky we are yeah. we get to travel from such a young age and have those opportunities I didn't know that about this story. Can you tell me a little bit more about, did you say Cambodia or Nicaragua? You went Nicaragua. Yeah. At, at 13 you went there and helped build some camps. Yeah, I think I was 12 or 13. Um, we went to, I think we were staying in Colorado surfing that beach break and I believe it was Surfing Magazine. They took us over there and we did that. I think it was Waves for Water. And, um, yeah, we just went to a couple of like really isolated towns in the middle of nowhere and it was pretty crazy to see just the way of life there. You know, they were literally pulling buckets of water out of wells still. Like, But obviously the colour of the water was just, you know, thick brown or even darker. So, yeah, we were taking like, I think we took hundreds of buckets with these special filter systems on it to give to these communities and schools and stuff to like just give them clean water and, you know, do a little bit for the community to help out. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. awesome to get, to get, I guess shown into the way of giving and the way of helping other people at that young age it's probably shaped a lot of who you are how'd that make you feel I guess when you were that young did that sort of open your whole eye like open your whole world up to what's out there and I guess give you a bit of a culture shock yeah for sure I definitely it definitely taught me a lot gave me a good perspective on life and I mean I remember this one time like I was we were driving back to our place I think it was around the same time as that it was in Nicaragua and there was this bunch of kids and one of them was on a horse and he was like picking mangoes out of a tree like on the back of his horse. And, um, you know, I jumped out and I was throwing them all T-shirts and then I went up to this kid on the horse and gave him a shirt because he was he didn't have one on. So, But his, his one was over his shoulder. And as I gave it to him, he was like looking at it and we thought it was, he was stoked. But then, but then he gave it back and then said, you know, give it to someone else who needs it. Like I've got mine, it's all good. And I was that was like for a 13-year-old grom, I was like – Man, that's like that kid's got it all, you know. He's but he's got nothing. But he's got his horse. Yeah. He's got his shirt already, and he's already willing to give to someone else who's more in need. So it was like, 
lessons like that were pretty big for me and yeah, that was pretty special. Yeah, wow, that's such a that's such a good story, I guess, to for one share. So thank you for sharing that with me. But it's such a I guess a cool insight into those moments that you have in life that really shape who you are. And it's cool that you like learnt that lesson at such a young age on like the importance I guess it's of like appreciation for what you have and like not having excess and we're living in a Western yeah. in the Western world. I mean, we have cupboards full of clothes and just having that, I guess, perspective, it's it's such an amazing lesson that you got to learn. Growing up traveling, not easy with schooling. Tell me talk to me a little bit about your schooling life. Yeah, so I did the whole I finished all my primary school from kindergarten to year six and then I think I lasted three weeks of high school, normal high school, till they kicked me out. But, I mean, I was killing it. I was getting all my grades right and everything, but they were like, you know, I think I'd ask them to get like a certain amount of mornings off to go and train up at the HPC. And it would only be for like an hour, but they were just not having it. And they were like, nah, you got to stay back and do dodgeball. Like, like, I'm training with Olympic athletes. What are you talking about, yeah. you know? But... Yeah, so then I, and then plus me traveling around the world and that they just didn't the normal school thing didn't really work out. So I went on to do Southern Cross distance education, which is like a homeschooling thing, and that was amazing. That was awesome. Kind of just allowed me to take my work away with me, and you know when I came home, I would sit down with tutors two times a week and get a month's worth of work done in four hours. You know, so I just yeah, I guess I don't know. It was it was pretty insane. I had had it pretty lucky. Was it important for your parents to still stick to a pretty strict scheme with education or was it, I guess, were you living kind of the life of travelling was your education? Yeah, well, I think it was a bit of both, you know. My parents obviously don't want me just to be a, a surf bum, you know. but So I still got to have the basics down. But then, yeah, I guess I've learned a lot through my own life experiences already. So that was a pretty big part. That's kind of, I guess, why I didn't really last too long at normal school because... I've already had my dream and my goal set. So, I mean, I remember teachers even asking me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, I want to be a surfer. But then they would question it. They'd be like, no, but seriously. Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. I'm going to be a surfer. That's what it is. Like, it's what so, I want. Yeah, exactly. It's so <laughs> funny. You hear so many great stories and so many good, I mean, so how many good movies are written from like artists and athletes getting told like, no, nah, get a real job. But you're living proof of that dream and uh, as am I, anyone who's an athlete, I think it just comes down to like dedication and hard work and oh, 100%. I think a lot of the time school teachers fuel the fire for a lot of <laughs> talented kids. I guess probably you didn't have to deal with it that much at school but how important is having that outlet that isn't necessarily... So like a side of surfing and yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah. if we put surfing aside, what is your outlet to... Yeah, well, happy. definitely music's a massive one for me and, you know, collecting records. Like even when I go on trips overseas, I'll, you know, make sure I find a few music shops or something or I'll be travelling with a guitar to play on the way or that kind of thing I think is definitely pretty big to break up, you know, even just, yes, get your mind off surfing and change it up a bit. Um, art as well, like travelling with an art book even, you know. It's like meditating, I guess. It's just It's just to get away kind of reset you know get to your ground and um yeah i think with this time being home you know with all this covid stuff it's been really nice because i've been able to just do stuff i would never really normally get to do because mm -hmm. we're always on the road with the qs and everything it gets just you're in the machine it's like the biggest grind ever you know you're never really home for more than a week mm. so 
yeah, this has been different this year, but usually I definitely like to just try and mix it up, break the rhythm of surfing because you can burn out, you know. Mm. I'm sure everyone's the same. Like the QS grind, it's the grind, you know. It doesn't really stop. So trying to find those little outlets or something else, you know, Wim Hof breathing, ice baths when you get the chance, like just stuff to break the routine and, yeah, keep it fresh. So that way when you are surfing, it's like you're just psyched to do it. It's your number one thing. It's obviously my number one thing too. So. Yeah. yeah. How, how often, I guess, do you feel that need to split up surfing? I mean, like you said, the QS where we travel and surf on is a grind, but at the same time you can look at it in a way of a grind or you can look at it like we're traveling the world surfing. So it's trying to find that balance. So w- what would you, I guess, for yourself, how often do you need to have that sort of switch off day or how often do you need to have that day that you go, all right, surfing's everything to me, but it needs to take the side sort of side saddle for a minute. Yeah. I think it can kind of depend. I mean, if you're on a, if you're on a roll and like you're a, for instance, you're away with mates, you know, it's a lot, of, it's like a lot more fun. It's just, mm. you can kind of take your mind away from it pretty easy. Whereas like, you know, if you're traveling halfway across the world and you're gone from home for three, four months and, then you've had, you know, you've done two events and you've kind of had bad finishes, you know, knocked out second round. You've got to kind of find a way to keep yourself happy, you know, especially, you know, if you're with mates and they're all getting through and there's that fire inside that wants you to, you know, you obviously want to win. So I think finding something that can kind of, you know, keep you on a plateau of being calm and happy for, you know, your mates and whatever it is, whether it's, you know, music or art or meditating, I think it definitely is a big part. You can throw it in really anywhere. It's just how you're feeling. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. I guess it's a it's a great way to express how you're feeling, whether it be surfing, art, music. There's so many ways to have, I guess, an outlet to release your feelings, whether it be journaling, whether it be – there's so many little things that we can do and it's so great that you've found what works for you, whether it be through art or music. When it comes to traveling – do you try and make sure that the guys that you're traveling with are real similar to you? And like, it's such an important thing when we travel being professional athletes, that support crew around you. How do you kind of guide yourself towards who you want to travel with? Or is it just kind of doing what you need to? Yeah, I definitely think um, it's yeah important to make sure you have the right crew you're on the road with because it's kind of like you're you're forming like a brother bond kind of thing, especially if you're doing a long stint somewhere. So, yeah, I definitely think it's important to surround yourself with the right crowd. And um, I don't know, you just. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The the tour, the QS and what we surf, like it's pretty independent sport too. So it's very competitive. Even between your mates, you can have, you know, you got your rivalries no matter what. So, yeah, I think... The Australians are pretty good and I have a lot of American friends. I have friends from all over the world, so I definitely have a broad spectrum of people I can travel with. But, yeah, so I guess just kind of anyone really because I've had travels at such a young age. I know so many people. 
I guess when it comes to moving through your career, now you're getting a little bit older, you're past the junior and stuff. What's kind of your vision and your goal for the next, I guess, five years? And what sort of little things are you doing to keep that in play, like keep that moving forward? Yeah, well, for me, I mean, I still feel like I'm grown, like the eternal grown, I'll probably never grow old. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of keeping keeping it open right now. I'm not trying to put too much pressure on myself because, you know, I don't, the last thing I want is just to burn out on the QS and that. So um, I definitely want to keep cracking at it though and, you know, doing my the events, the key ones that I want to go to, you know, doing Hawaii leg and any of those island ones and um, – but kind of just having fun as well along the way, you know, I'm still growing and still got so much to learn. So, you know, still want to go out there and make a few clips and explore parts of the world that I haven't been to yet. So, Yeah, you got such a great mindset towards, I guess, growth and the awareness around burnout that you have is so, so awesome at such a young age. There's so many people that just go so hard and have so much pressure and expectation, but it sounds like you've been very aware had what sort of brought around aware, the awareness to I guess burning out and stuff like that I think just I don't know just watching a lot of my peers and that and then them going through the junior ranks and then getting on the QS and then getting on the CT it's just like it's it's such a machine and like once you're in it you can't really escape it and get out of it so I think you know while I'm young there's not really too much point in rushing, like just go with the time as it comes and kind of, I don't know, if I'm going to go on a QS event, stay in that country for another two weeks and make a clip out of it, you know, get, yeah, I don't know, just just trying to make the most of the countries I visit and, yeah, I've seen like, I remember even when I was a micro Grom doing all the Grom events, like it was pretty, like it was all fun back then, but it was pretty gnarly, like there was, you know, 40 Grom events when I was 12 mm. or something like that and I couldn't even make it to all of them. But then, you know, looking at some kids and other, you know, parents and that, they were just like grind, 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 grind. And I think if you get a win, you know, for instance, like hold on to it for a little bit, like, you know, maybe don't do the comp that's next weekend, maybe give it a breather so you can really kind of savour the moment and just try and lock down on the key ones that really mean something rather than doing... 20,000 you know that you just it becomes a blur so yeah I think definitely just kind of taking it as I learn and who knows yeah Yeah. that's a cool insight I like the idea of um savoring in your wins and actually I guess taking time to dissect and debrief and work out why that win happened and enjoying it What's what's that meant to you growing up? I've never really heard somebody say that. How, have you taken that upon yourself that when you have those small victories or even big victories, you've given it time to settle in and taken a bit of time off or has it just been go, go, go for you? Yeah, I think it's definitely been a bit of both because, you know, as a surfer, you're always on the go. So it's yeah. not really like we get much of a break. But, yeah, I just try and when I do get a win or, you know, do well, just really try and, you know, Hold, like, look back on it, reflect on it, try and, you know, if you're ever in a down place, you know, you can always think of that and be like, no, like, you know, you're good enough or whatever it is, like, if you're struggling. But, yeah, I think definitely after a win or something like that, it's good to, you know, really make sure you know in yourself, like, like give yourself confidence, a little confidence mm. boost or something. Like, I, I've, I've done it, like, you know, don't, no need to rush right now. Just take it all in kind of. Yeah. Reflect on it, I guess. Yeah, it's good. Let's flip the switch. You have a, bet, a couple losses in a row. How do you reset from that? 
yeah, so then there's that side of it too, which is like, I don't know, I like to train a lot. So that's what I've been doing lately. I've been in the gym a bunch and then I had a kind of a weird back injury in Hawaii and kind of had a few bad events there. But um, yeah, I don't know, just that's what I was talking about earlier, like just getting those little things to kind of switch off from surfing, you know, playing guitar or, you know, training, doing breath work, like doing stuff that's different, maybe not even surfing, you know, having one surf a day and then doing something else, go inland, go check out them some sites or something, like just get away from the scene. I think that's pretty big for me. That's what I like to do. And yeah, because, you know, you always, like I said, the grind, it's the grind. Like there's going to be losses no matter what. So if you can look back on it, you know, figure out what you've done. I remember I heard in Griffin's one you did, he was saying he was writing it down and kind of, look so he can look back on his notes and take bits away from it. I tend to do that myself as well. I think that's definitely a pretty big part of it. And, um, yeah, just, I mean, it's all learning lessons, you know, win, lose, like losing is probably the best because you can learn more out of it. You know, that's why I think when you get the wins, savor them because that's all your hard work you've put in. But yeah, I think losing, it sucks for sure. But yeah, finding those other outlets to go and do or different routines you can get into to change it. Yeah, it's such a mature way to look at it. I, I like, I love the idea of losing gives you lessons. And I've talked about that quite a lot in my podcast is the maturity and the mindset to, I guess, athletes and successful people very, very commonly does it come down that they look at losses as lessons rather than setbacks. And then, yeah, I lo- the first time I've really heard of the importance of savoring wins and making sure you at least get lessons out of your wins too, but making sure you enjoy them and make the most of them. When it comes to losing, it's going to happen a hell of a lot more than it's going to happen than you're going to win. But the idea of keeping the lessons always relevant is so important. When it comes to the music and stuff, do you use it as a tool to get yourself, I guess, in the zone or is music more so just an outlet to switch off or do you, I'm sure you use music for many reasons. Yeah, music for me is pretty massive. I think if I wasn't a surfer, I'd probably try and be a musician because I'm so like surrounded by it and just, yeah, I love it so much. So definitely, I mean, I have my genre is like out of like just does just doesn't stop, doesn't end, you know. So different kind of categories for different feelings and different emotions. You know, if I'm going into a heat, I've got a playlist that it's pretty hardcore and gnarly and probably makes some people's ears bleed. But like to me, it's like it's perfect, gets me in the zone, gets me set. And, you know, then there's other days where I might want to feel mellow and I just want to zone out, go for a bike ride or a run or something and just kind of take in the surrounding serenity, I guess. And then, you know, you got your days when you're mucking around with mates. It might be a bit of 90s rap or, you know, it kind of just varies, I guess. And I definitely use it as a tool for sure, especially – especially before heats, you know, it kind of it's like puts everyone else away kind of thing because, you know, everyone's surrounding you down at the beach and they all want to come up to you and talk to you. And I think once you put your headphones on and kind of zone out, it's almost like that invisible force field. People kind of just give you a bit of space and let you get in the zone. So I definitely try and use music to my advantage for sure. Yeah, 100%. What kind of created that? initial introduction to music for you was it was it something as you as a child or how did you how did music become so important in your life well yeah my dad definitely was like he was just as into music as me so he definitely influenced me in my genre and my taste and how much I appreciate music and 
So, or well, I'm actually named after a band. It's a stoner rock band from America. And when I was actually being born, I was my mum was giving birth to me in an all woman's hospital, and somehow my dad snuck in and put um the song Green Machine by Caius throughout the whole hospital when I was being born. No so way! It was like this gnarly thing. It was pretty crazy. And um, yeah. So that was kind of I guess how I came into the world through a rock song. So yeah. And then I guess I mean I don't remember that obviously because I was just born, <laughs> but like it's always been a big part of my life, and you know. I just, yeah, I don't think, I don't know, I just don't think I can even live without it. It's just, oh, I'm listening to music every single day, start the morning, have a coffee, put the record player on. It's so good. It's I can on. see your face lighting up just talking about <laughs> yeah. it. It's such a, such a special thing to you and that's such a cool story that your dad got the music playing when you're at the hospital. That's, um, I mean, that probably shows that what, how important music is to you from like <laughs> the absolute get-go until the moment you're in right now music's super important and I think that's such a special thing having that outlet and having that I guess switch off from your major focus which I'm sure you'd say would be surfing but having that thing that's a bit separate is so important so Kais has a little brother called Rasmus and he's an absolute little legend and a little frothing surfer too but having that younger sibling how special was it for you being able to I guess share your knowledge and your experiences with him but more so, how important has it been for you to be a role model for your brother? Yeah, I mean, out of, you know, he's my best mate. So, I mean, we've traveled the world with each other. We've just, we've hung out. We've always been kind of into the same kind of things. And, you know, now we're jamming together and that sort of thing too. And it's going to be actually pretty insane once he's on the road with me. It'll be, I mean, it'll be pretty a sick partner to have, you know. But, um, yeah, it's definitely been really special for me to have, you know, a little brother that's also into surfing and, actually biting at my heels now i got kind of got to look out because he's getting pretty good. Yeah, I definitely try and be a good role model to him. I think, um, I don't know, just he's always been there and around it and he's seen what I've been through and, you know, I guess he's learnt the lessons that I had to learn through me as well, you know, being right there. So, um, yeah, we're always pushing each other, especially now more than ever. So, yeah, it'd be interesting what the future brings. Yeah, it's such a special thing to, I mean, I don't have a brother. I've got three sisters, so I can't really comment, but I've got little Sophia, who's one of your good friends as well, who I, who's my little surf buddy. But yeah, I, I just watch you growing up and the way that you hold yourself around events and the way that you're such a respectful young kid and you're such a, I, like I think of you as a role model for your younger brother and all the younger kids coming up in Oz. So like it's so awesome to see you being... I guess just a good kid because there's so many, not so many kids that aren't good kids, but there's a lot of kids that I guess haven't got the direction and the maturity to hold themselves like you do. Like a big praise to you, man, because it's, it's been really cool to watch your development. But what what's kind of the thing you, that you'd put down to as the main element as to why you've been shaped who you are today? Yeah, I think it's just having a good support system and support network around you and just you know, my parents are pretty amazing. They, you know, they traveled with me. They took me around the world. They took their time and sacrificed a lot for me and my brother just to kind of show me the good parts in life. And and then also, you know, it can wear off from your friends too, You're supporting yourself with, you know, good friends. And um, I guess, like I said earlier, like, you know, the things I'd experienced as a young kid that not many kids would experience in schooling or something like that, like, traveling the world definitely opened my eyes a lot and um yeah I learned a lot of a lot of life lessons on the road and I just think 
you know, being really present too in the moment. And these days so many kids are on their phones and they're kind of locked into that little zone, but actually just, you know, open your chest up, being out in the open and kind of just, you know, acknowledge people, have conversations, that kind of thing is such a big part. And, you know, I'm always, you know, into knowing what's up with well, what people's stories are and mm. asking them questions and stuff is it's a really big part. Well, this has been an epic chat. The stuff that we've talked about today has been really cool. I really like the idea of you being able to switch off and cross from, I guess, surfing to music to art to just having that awareness when you need that time to switch off. It's such a, I guess, beautiful thing. Yeah, if you if there's something to you you're into, I just I guess like just getting out there and finding new things to do. You know, whether it's breathing or playing guitar or just learn something. You know, maybe put the phone down and get out there and try a new hobby or anything. You know, it's never too late to learn something, so just get out there and do it. Yeah, life's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I think with that mindset, you can really achieve anything. One last question. I'll finish with this. What does being a good human mean to Caius King? Being a good human to me means being respectful, you know, putting yourself out there, being present in the moment and just go at life 100% and have no regrets really, just being you. Good Humans was presented by me, Cooper Chapman. Producer, Alex Mitchell. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs>